getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today, it's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Nebraska Hawks Nest. These guys are brave! They're Hawkeyes, living in enemy territory. Listen, these guys are way past their prime, but they're still Hawkeyes! They're spreading the Hawkeye hype to all of Nebraska! The Frost Advisory is cancelled! Cornhuskers? More like corn shuffles. Are you ready for this podcast? Let's go, Hawks! All right, welcome back to the Nebraska Hawks Nest. Make sure you give us a like or subscribe anytime you get to catch one of our Hawkeye legend videos. Always trying to bring all the Hawkeye fans together in the state of Nebraska. Today, we are joined by the voice of the Hawkeyes, Gary Dolphin. How are we doing, sir? Doing good, Adam. That was quite the uh, quite the intro. Uh, he looks like a future recruit, perhaps. Perhaps I don't know. We've got a lot of got a lot of comments on him, and I know he opened a couple games in Kinnick. Um, they they put him up on the old uh, the big screen there, and the jumbotron, jumbotron, and so yeah, he uh, he got a lot of exposure from that, and he's just he's getting bigger and bigger all the time. It's always awesome. <laughs> he's got a good voice for radio. He's got a strong voice. He does. The kid's got moxie. He's awesome. Um, Gary, right now, uh, there's a lot of really exciting things going on with you. We got Gary Dolphin's Iron Bar. Now, um, a lot of people are just learning about this, and it is a beautiful building for anyone that's been able to see pictures of it. It looks awesome. Um, if I'm to walk in to the Iron Bar, what am I? what should I expect? Well, just to set it up a little bit, and I appreciate the chance to uh, throw in a shameless plug for Gary Dolphin's Iron Bar. It, uh, I've always been a fan of uh, history, in particular military history, uh, but but I have a real passion, too, for old architecture, uh, great old buildings. And in Dubuque, which is where I live, it's the oldest city in Iowa, 1833. you you got to go back to before Iowa was even a state. Uh, many of those buildings still stand, uh, particularly uh, downtown. And they, they have an old factory district called the Millwork District. And this is where, with the Mississippi River being a block away from this uh, neighborhood, uh, it's where they used to manufacture uh, the uh, heavy machinery. Uh, we're in a, an old farm implement building. It's a 140-year-old building, a million square feet. You can wow. imagine that in a town the size of Dubuque. It's really a rarity. Uh, so it's called the Iron Works Building for, for obvious reasons. And when they would manufacture, uh, and there's probably uh, eight to ten of these buildings clustered together just off uh, uh, the bypass into Wisconsin. And back in the day when they would manufacture all this heavy equipment, uh, there's a huge John Deere plant uh, in Dubuque. They would uh, uh, horse and wagon these parts down to the river, and they'd ship them on old steamboats, uh, barges up and down the Mississippi River. And so the buildings pretty well sit as they were, except they've been gutted, uh, repurposed, 
And uh, thank goodness uh, the city fathers had the foresight to, to save these buildings. Because at one time they talked about knocking them down for, you know, uh, uh, community or, or business development, but they saved them. And uh, right in the middle of, of uh, the ironworks building is Gary Dolphin's iron bar. And uh, as you can imagine, I've been approached a number of times over the years about putting my name on a sports bar, primarily in Iowa City, Coralville, and, and in my home area uh, up in Dubuque. And I've, uh, you know, pushed back. Uh, I thought, you know, there, there's plenty of sports bars. Uh, I'm a humble guy from small town Cascade, Iowa. I don't need my name uh, on a bar. Uh, but over the years, uh, uh, as I get closer to the end of my uh, broadcasting career, I've been approached again by a few guys that, that I trust and know. And uh, I'm guessing it was last, uh, right in the middle of the pandemic, if you can imagine this, last June or July, I got a call from uh, the new owners of this building. And they said, hey, we'd really like to uh, start a, a classy bar and put your name on it. So I went down, I met with them, and we met, I think, upwards of eight times. And uh, along about last August, uh, I finally said, look, guys, I don't want to waste any more of your time. Uh, if you will structure this bar uh, to my vision, uh, then, I, then I'll go along with it. And uh, this got this incredible interior bar. I didn't want any flat screens. I wanted nothing to do with uh, loud jute boxes or, or 15 flat screens. I wanted a, an old Chicago. I worked for the Bears for 10 years, did Northwestern for six uh, back in the 90s. And I've been in a lot of great Chicago saloons where you have the, the great blues or jazz musicians, maybe two or three at a time, playing in a little stage in a dark corner. I wanted a bar like that. And they agreed. I said, you know, we can put a sports uh, uh, bar component on either side of it. Well, it just so happens that this bar has an incredible courtyard that will seat or, or uh, hold uh, 150 to 200 people. And what's unique about it, it is it is surrounded by all four uh, all brick walls. Usually when you're in a courtyard, you've got an open wall or you've got an open, uh, you got an open direction somewhere. This is surrounded by incredibly thick brick walls. It's open at the top, so it has to be nice weather, of course, this time of year in order to enjoy uh, the ambiance. But uh, it, it, it's been very popular. So what we had, we had a custom-made jumbotron built to mount on the wall in that courtyard. It's uh, 16 feet by seven and a half feet. And as you can imagine, uh, that is one big sucker. And it's uh, the same folks that built uh, the Jumbotron for Kinnick Stadium oh, built, wow. our, uh, built our uh, uh, Jumbotron. It's uh, by Dactronics, which, as you know, is uh, uh, internationally known. And, and it's uh, the latest LED pixels and all that. And it is, it, it's been a spectacular hit. My deal is let's give them something you don't have in the community. And we've done that. And then in case of inclement weather or winter weather, uh, the main entry exit to the indoor bar has about a 20-foot uh, uh, wide hallway. We uh, build a sports bar out in the hallway right to the entrance to Gary Dolphin's Iron Bar. So we've got the flat screens. We've got a separate bar uh, out in the hallway, and it's still wide enough for people to walk walk through it. we got uh, uh, Gino's uh, Pizza, that Chicago deep dish pizza, coming into the other end of the building. We've got uh, a great brew pub on the opposite end of the building and we're right in the middle. So oh. it is really incredible. Hyatt's going to come in, build out a hundred room hotel here in the next year. And they're going to use our bars or de facto hotel bar. Uh, they have uh, wedding receptions every Friday night and Saturday, right off uh, our property. So it's really going to be a hub of activity. And I invite anybody when they're visiting Dubuque, Dubuque draws over a million tourists a year. We've got Galena 15 miles away, the Galena territory, which as you know, is a real popular spot for Chicago people. Yeah. We're three and a half hours from Chicago, and a lot of Chicago people come out to Dubuque on the weekends. So looking forward to it. And, um, you know, we could have waited until the pandemic was over with and and then started from scratch, or we, we, we could have started last summer and then be ready to go uh, when the COVID let up. And, and I, I think we made the right move. Well, it's something that people really need right now, and it's going to be just – extremely refreshing to have everybody back together. And it sounds like that big screen is going to be awesome. So when, when Gary is done calling a game and he wants to unwind and have a drink at the iron bar, what, what's he ordering? 
Well, it's funny you ask that because uh, uh, I've got I've got two bar managers that helped start Ditka's and Carlucci's in Chicago, and they built uh, wildly famous uh, and popular restaurants in Eastern Iowa. Uh, they're from they're from Eastern Iowa. That that's the connection. Uh, and and when we got started, and we were putting uh, now we uh, we, we uh, put a drink menu together, uh, and and they wanted to uh, a signature drink after me, Ed Podolak and Bobby Hansen. So mine is an old, I've always been an, an old fashioned guy. Okay. Uh, I love old fashions, but not real sweet. Uh, so, uh, the, the guys at Templeton Rye out your way in Western Iowa are good buddies of mine. So I All like right. a Templeton Rye old fashioned. That's the, the Dolph go-to no fruit, uh, but, uh, ma- uh meshed, uh, green olive stuffed with blue cheese. All right. The titch of, of sweetener. Podolak's a, a Tito's guy. So he'll, yeah. he'll do a double Tito's with a lemon twist uh, and tonic water. And Bobby Hansen, typical tough NBA guy, he goes a double crown on the rocks. <laughs> so we all like these sipping drinks. And uh, that way we can visit more with guys like you, Adam. That's awesome. Well, I got to say I'm a very similar man to old Podolak. That's, uh, that's my Tito's guy. Yeah, I'm a Tito's guy too. So there's well, a few other ones out there. Uh, you know, we the, the inner bar, the interior bar holds about – 75 people comfortably. We can get another 75 out in the hallway and 150 to 200 out in the courtyard. But you can take your drink and you can move around all three rooms because over a a 40-year career, I've collected a lot of memorabilia, a lot of prints and photos and and, uh, autographed uh, signatures of great coaches and athletes. So we have those all on display. I've got Zach Johnson putting on his green jacket signed print. I've got... uh, I've got an original Dick Butkus uh, watercolor, the only one of its kind, that a buddy of mine is a great artist, uh, painted it. I, I ripped the cover off Sports Illustrated in 1970 because Butkus' picture was on the cover. He was staring into the camera, and it was the debut of Monday Night Football. Okay. And I went to my buddy. I said, here, he worked at the radio station with me. I said, here, I want you to paint this. I've got that framed. I've got uh, Hayden Fry, Fran McCaffrey, Steve Alford. Uh, we've got uh, memorabilia from all all those great coaches at Iowa. Some from around the country. Uh, there's Dolph's dugout. I grew up. Uh, Mickey Mantle was everything to me when I was growing up in the '60s. So naturally, I'm a big Yankee fan. They're not having a good year to this point. So we got Dolph's dugout. I'm a huge baseball guy. I grew up in Eastern Iowa. You know, Field of Dreams is oh yeah, 15 minutes from my house. So I love baseball. So we have we have an actual dugout that we built. We got Dolph's den, which is a private area. This is kind of a tribute to my mom and dad because back in the 50s and 60s, uh, long before they called them a convenience store, they ran a grocery store with a little bar, a feed scales for the farmers. It was kind of a gathering point uh, during the week, uh, during harvest and on Sundays. We were always open till noon on Sundays. Everybody come in and get their Des Moines register and cold cuts for the picnic that day. <laughs> so it's kind of a tribute to them. My dad died at a real young age uh, of a heart attack. And uh, it's kind of a tribute to them. That that's really what pushed me over the edge uh, to do this. No, I'm 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 really intrigued with doing a little bit of research before the interview, and you touched on that uh, earlier with spending some time with the Bears and it with Northwestern. What drew you to the University of Iowa? How did you end up becoming the voice of the Hawkeyes? I was, uh, excuse me, <laughs> excuse me. I was doing uh, broadcasting Northwestern basketball uh, from. Uh, actually, I'll back up. Uh, good friend of mine who went to the University of Iowa was the head of marketing for the Bears. That's how I got connected with the Bears in 1989. It was the time when they went to the uh, the green hat on the sidelines, when they when they made an attempt to speed up the games mm-hmm. and still get the full complement of uh, television commercial timeouts in, uh, which, which we did do. So I was in charge. I was down on the field, and every, every time that referee would wave his hands and punch out, as we call it, I'd start a stopwatch. Field judge would run over to me. Um, the, the referee would come over, and we'd huddle up, and we'd check our breaks. Everything was on schedule. And uh, two minutes from the time I started the stopwatch, from that two-minute mark, they would uh, snap the football. So in other words, when there's 20 seconds left to go on the national TV timeout, they would get the teams to huddle up. So by the time they broke the huddle and were going to the line of scrimmage, we rejoined. Now, that doesn't seem like a lot of time. But we saved uh, approximately uh, uh, 20 to 30 seconds per timeout. When you multiply that by 20 timeouts, 
you know, th they were chopping off 10 to 12 minutes of dead air on, on each NFL game uh, every Sunday. Wow. And, and you're sitting there thinking, well, why is that important? When that noon game kicks off, they want them done by 3 o'clock because then they go to the West Coast game. And if they don't get there till 10 after 3 or 13 minutes after 3 in San Diego, the West Coast game has not run one commercial timeout because they're waiting for the rest of the country to join them. Hmm. That costs a lot of money. Now they're running they, – the, the timeouts are backed up. And so you can see why we went to that position on the sidelines. I did that for 10 years. You know, and I got to hang out <laughs> – on the sidelines with Ditka and Dave Wanstead and, and uh, uh, Dick Geron and Lovey Smith. I mean, they had some great character for players, but they also, uh, the Bears had some great characters for coaches. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, the, uh, during that period that Northwestern called, a buddy of mine was an associate athletic director at Northwestern said, hey, I need a basketball play-by-play -play guy. I know you're in Chicago on a regular basis. So from September through January, February, I lived a lot in Chicago. And I had the best of both worlds doing Northwestern's complement of 35 basketball games uh, and uh, uh, the Bear games. And then in 1996, uh, you know, I, I was reading with interest how Iowa, one of the last great holdouts uh, to, uh, uh, to a, a network uh, – affiliate or um, exclusive network coverage of football and basketball had decided to take the plunge. Bob Bowlesby was the athletic director. Iowa was leaving too much money on the table. They had all these suitors coming at him say, uh, Hey, we'll give you uh, a million. We'll give you $2 million a year. If you will let us exclusively own the rights to Hawkeye football and basketball. And at the time Iowa was making uh, or, or receiving about 400,000 in rights fees. They had uh, WHO in Des Moines, WMT in Cedar Rapids, and then all these other stations that were coming in paying their rights fee. And that accumulatively would come to about $350,000, $400,000 a year. Well, if you'll remember, uh, Jim Zobel, Bob Brooks, Ron Gonder, all these Hall of Fame broadcasters were getting up in age. And Bob Bowlesby, to his credit, uh, couldn't, couldn't fire one and keep two or fire two and keep the other one. He assumed they were all going to retire sooner than later. And that way, uh, so therefore, he kept pushing off these rights holders like Learfield, like IMG, like Westwood One. Well, how long can you stare down $600,000 that you could put in your pocket and it just goes away because you don't want to hurt any egos or feelings? So in 1996, they decided we're going to go with an exclusive uh, rights deal. Well, they were going to keep Ed Podolak and Bobby Hansen because how many schools can say the Super Bowl champion for a football analyst and an NBA champion for a basketball analyst, and they both happen to be great at what they do, and they both happen to be former great Iowa athletes. So that was a given. But they didn't feel they could give the play-by-play -play job to Zabel over Brooksy over Gondor, and so they decided to hire someone new. And I, you know, uh, full full disclosure, I never applied for the job. So one day uh, the phone rings in my office, and it's a member of the selection committee. And I should tell you, I did Iowa football for the Dubuque radio station back in the 70s, did it for okay. five years. So I had some experience with the university, and they knew who I was, and I kept those friendships. That's why you never burn a bridge, Adam, because you never know who might be calling you someday. It's true. So, yeah, the phone rings, and it's a member of the committee, a selection committee who I knew very well. And he said, Hey, we're curious why you haven't applied for the uh, Iowa job. And, you know, I, I, I said, Hey, Mark, uh, I know how political that position is. I'm 45 years old. I've got a good gig going in Chicago. Uh, I'm not going to risk that just to apply for the job and then be told that Jim Zobel or Ron Gonder or Bob Brooks uh, is going to get it. And he said, no, well, you, you should know that we're not, we're going to hire a brand new play-by-play -play announcer. Well, at that, I, I, I was all in and I applied and ironically out of 60 some qualified applicants, they only interviewed two of us, me and Jim Rose, who I know mm -hmm. Nebraska fans are very familiar with. Jim had done some Iowa games on WHO in Des Moines when 
Zobel was off covering basketball, Jim would do a football game or vice versa when we had the crossover games in November and December. So it all worked out for the best. Took me, uh, as I tell students, it took me, uh, how long was I into my career? 28 years. Took me 27, 28 years to get my dream job. So you can always hope uh, and keep, keep plugging away and keep trying to get it. So you've been able to work with one of the most, I would say, hilarious, charismatic color guys in Ed Podolak over the years. Now, there's got to be a lot of great behind-the-scenes Eddie Podolak stories that you can remember of working with him over the years. I mean, the guy's phenomenal. The people of Iowa just adore the guy, um, as they do you. Now, what is one of your favorite Ed Podolak stories that um, you've either told in the past or haven't told in the past that the average fan wouldn't know about? You know, and that's hard to do, to pick one Ed Podolak story that might be your favorite but this one's a no-brainer. I mean, this is absolute. And I and I mean, uh, you can believe me when I tell you it's unrehearsed because that's who Podolak is. He's got such a great mind. He's always thinking ahead. Uh, and and as you know, uh, when you're when you're doing play by play, you're not working off a script. You cannot plan what's coming down the pike. You can prepare that much material, and maybe as I tell people, maybe that much gets on the air. But you want to be prepared with notes and numbers. But once that game kicks off. It could go in a totally opposite direction. So it's opening day. Uh, I can't remember what year. Jake Rudock was the quarterback at Iowa. Okay. I do remember that. And the Hawks are playing Ball State. And it is a beautiful, warm, 78-degree Saturday afternoon in September. The Hawkeyes are four touchdown favorites over Ball State. We get midway through the fourth quarter, and the Hawks are down 12. And one thing about Podolak, when you've played the game at the level <laughs> he's played, uh, he's a part of it. He still thinks he can put that that crossbar uh, face mask on that he patented with the Kansas City Chiefs, and he wants to run down on the field. He just gets fired up, and and we we are fumbling the ball all over the place. The Hawks are kicking it around. Uh, Rudock's having a terrible day. We can't run the football. You know, it was a classic case of uh, opening day, and okay, we're four touchdown favorites. You know how kids are. We'll yeah. roll the ball out there, and this team will go away. Well, Ball State gave great effort. So uh, the Hawks go another one, two, three, and on. We're down to five minutes to go in the game. One, two, three, punt. And it sails just across midfield. Ball State calls for a fair catch. So when we come back from the timeout, there's a little under five minutes to go, down 12, and <laughs> it's Ball State's football. Well, you know what they're going to do. They're going to run the ball out, uh, force uh, Iowa to use timeouts. So it's it's another jammed house at Kinnick Stadium, even for Ball State. Uh, and I go, uh, and, and he's taking the headset off, ready to slam him down on the top of the counter. And I quickly go to the break. This is Hawkeye football from Learfield Sports at the time. And so I take my headset off, and he takes his headset off, and we're talking. And, and uh, he is livid. He, he just can't believe that they're giving this kind of effort. or just Things just aren't going the Hawkeye's way. So I'm thinking, okay, this guy's got a, a room temperature now of about 150 degrees. I got to calm him down. So I go, hey, coach, uh, hang, hang in there, Edward. So we still got four, four and a half, five minutes to go. He says, yeah, but we're down 12. And I look up and I see thousands of fans leaving the stadium, oh. which is really unusual, Kinnick Stadium. I mean, they stay till the end. But they're so they're as frustrated as we are. So we come out of the break. He puts his headset back on. And I'm just trying to steer his attention away from the game. I go, well, uh, welcome back. It's Ball State 25, Iowa 13. Uh, Gary Dolphin, Ed Podolak. Edward, there's something you don't see every day. I'm guessing there's seven or 8,000 Iowa fans that are leaving the stadium right now, uh, headed out to the parking lot, frustrated, no doubt, to start that postgame uh, tailgating a little early. I mean, I'm I'm shocked by this. And he, un, unprompted, he goes, shocked buddy boy if they weren't paying us we'd have been gone a long time ago <laughs> right on the air oh that's if why people love him he's so well, genuine yeah and you know uh, now normally uh you're a company guy so you're you're there for the for the school and for the product but to say hey if they weren't paying us we'd have been gone a long time ago <laughs> you can get your hand more than slap for saying something like that at other schools not at Iowa because, uh, I mean, they want a genuine broadcast. And that starts with the coaches. And Kirk Ferentz has always told us, look, if we're playing like 
dog doo doo. You go ahead and tell the, the, the listening audience because they're going to know. He said, just be fair in your analysis and don't get personal. We never get personal. Um, I mean, if, if a position group is not playing well, we'll talk about the O-lines not blocking well today or secondaries having a rough day. Uh, but uh, we never mention kids by name, at least not intentionally. Uh, and But Podolak, the fans, you and I, uh, the university, uh, they understand Eddie's passion for the game. And Bobby Hansen's the same way. I mean, he played nine, ten years in the NBA. Uh, now, Bobby, uh, he can get as fired up as Edward. He's better at muffling what he what he wants to say. So it's, uh, you know, I tell people all the time, I, I've got to be the most fortunate guy in the country uh, to have a Super Bowl and an NBA champion uh, as analysts. It, it doesn't happen everywhere. And, you know, Nebraska has two of the best, uh, uh, Greg Sharp and Ken Pavelka are two good friends, and, and uh, they, they have a great broadcast crew too, I know. But uh, it, it's rare to have two guys like uh, – Podolak and, and Hanson, who are wearing great big rings uh, every day oh, yeah. when they come to the broadcast booth. Well, I had the same uh, high school basketball coach as Bobby Hanson did. And, you know, back when I'm 18 years old, I, I think I'm pretty a pretty damn good player. Well, he made sure to remind me, you're no Bobby Hanson um, <laughs> on, on a pretty consistent basis. I know you think you are. And he goes, Bobby Hanson's the best player I've ever coached, not you. And I'm like, ooh, all right. And as he's yeah. trying to motivate me, trying to motivate me. He and, punched you right in the nose with that one, didn't he? And he was right. <laughs> he was I right. I was, also had a much better Beatle floppy haircut than you and I Yeah, uh, uh, back when he played. Uh, and, and he was a he was a great high school player uh, at oh. Dowling. And so, uh, yep. yeah, he's the best. I mean, I, I'm, I'm very blessed, very fortunate, Adam. Yeah, they are fantastic. So tying back to those two gentlemen, you're able to call one game – with anybody doing color commentary with you, but you can't choose Ed Podolak or Bobby Hansen. Who would be the one guy that you haven't worked with yet that you would really jump at the chance to get on air with? Oh, that's, that's, uh, that's one I've never been asked before. That's, that's a good one. Um, well, I admire, you're talking about an analyst, right? Yeah. I, I admire uh, a lot of, uh, I, I grew up, small town Iowa and my mom and dad gave me a little spin dial RCA transistor radio when I was eight years old for Christmas one year and that's how I fell in love with uh, with radio in particular and, and baseball uh, in general but um, most of my heroes you know uh, were obviously were play-by-play guys but uh, I, I've admired a lot of uh, of uh, analysts uh, down through the years uh, I don't know if I could give you the uh, you know there were so many trailblazers uh, when TV uh, became, you know, what it is uh, ultimately t- uh, into what it is today, uh, it was television that really caught the nation's attention. Radio had been around since the 1920s, but uh, uh, give me a minute to think about that one. I'll, I'll, I'll come up with a couple names. Okay, all right. Uh, they, they might be professional, they might be collegiate, but uh, or even play by play. Like if it's another guy that does play by play, that you're oh, like, I'd love that, to co-call a game with him. That's easy, Dick Enberg. Dick Enberg. Uh, who was a great announcer NBC, did the Angels for a lot of years, called the infamous UCLA-Notre Dame basketball game. He did UCLA games when uh, when uh, UCLA uh, or uh, when Notre Dame ended UCLA's 87-game win streak uh, back in the 70s. A lot of great baseball announcers that I've tried to pattern my delivery style afterwards. Merle Harmon. Uh, was with the Twins and the Brewers for a lot of years. Uh, Bob Prince with the Pittsburgh Pirates. You know, I found it amazing. I can lay in bed at night, eight, nine years old, uh, getting ready for a Little League game the next day, and, and this little transistor radio uh, brought me uh, WJR in Detroit uh, where the great Ernie Harwell was doing play-by-play, and then I could go a little further down the dial and pick up uh, Jack Buck at KMOX and, St. Louis. And, you know, in those days, there wasn't a major league franchise west of the Mississippi River. People forget that. Uh, Minnesota had been the latest, and there, that's where Merle Harmon was. You know, you always had uh, you always had Jack Buck and Bob Elson in Chicago, but uh, I, I love those uh, major league baseball play-by-play announcers. Uh, you know, if, if, I, if I were to, you know, right off the top of Dick, uh, I mentioned Dick Enberg, Dick Stockton just retired a couple yeah. of weeks ago. Uh, concise, clear, didn't overspeak, 
for all those years. Dick's pushing 80 years old, uh, really one of the great football announcers. Uh, but maybe my all-time favorite, uh, you know, when uh, you're too young, but I'm old enough to remember when on New Year's morning. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Come one, shop all at the JCPenney Friends and Family Sale. Through Wednesday, use your 30% off coupon inside the JCP app and shine on with up to 60% off diamond solitaires and studs. Plus, get carried away with up to 70% off luggage from Samsonite, American Tourister, Skyway, and more. Anyone shops, everyone saves. We got your holiday. JCPenney. Offers valid on select items through 12-7. Offers reflect after coupon savings. Exclusions apply. See store or jcp.com for details. Uh, when you're watching the Rose Parade or you're watching the Cotton Bowl Parade, there were only four or five games on television the entire holiday season, and they all occurred on New Year's Day. And the first one out of the gate was the Cotton Bowl with Lindsey Nelson. Lindsey Nelson was the play-by-play. He did Notre Dame football for a lot of years, but he all, always did the Cotton Bowl, and he did the New York Mets play-by-play. How's that for a gig? Wow. The Mets Notre Dame and the Cotton Bowl. Google Lindsey Nelson. Listen to Lindsey sometime and see if I'm not right. Uh, okay. I've got a lot of, uh, you know, uh, um, when I think of analysts uh, staying on football, um, uh, uh, Tony Romo has, has done a great job. I didn't think Tony would be good. Uh, he's turned out to be terrific. Now, he's a quarterback, and like Podolak, he's looking at the defense, so he knows what play that offense is calling. And he's smart enough not to call it before they snap the football because uh, he could get in trouble. But uh, Merlin Olson, Merlin Olson was one of my favorites. And, oh, by the way, he worked with Dick Enberg mm. uh, back in the day, the, the Olson, the Rams Hall of Famer. You know who was entertaining and was a former Hawkeye and a great Detroit Lion, Alex Karras. Oh, yeah. He did Monday Night Football and, you know, Mongo from Blazing Saddles. Yeah. Uh, people loved Alex because of his humor and a big old guy would rumble into the, uh, you know, Howard Cosell really kind of refined what television uh, uh, football analysts were all about. Problem with Howard is you could rarely get the microphone back. He would just go on and on and on and on. So there, there's many great ones, and I'm sure I'm going to leave a few out. But if I think of another one, I'll let you know. All right. Well, we're busting out a, a new little segment that we're going to be doing every week. Um, we we have kids give us a question of what they'd want to ask Gary Dolphin or whoever we're going to be interviewing. So our kid question of the day, and it's sponsored by Meyer Farms in Palm, Pomeroy, Iowa. And our kid question is, uh, Mr. Dolphin, have you ever had a bathroom emergency during the middle of a broadcast? And if so, how did you handle it? Many, many times. And uh, <laughs> I'm happy to make light of it, but in uh, 20, uh, I believe it was 2011 or 2012, I was diagnosed with prostate cancer. Oh, man. And thankfully, uh, got way out in front of it. I was having some issues, went to the doctor. They did a biopsy. They found three tumors. And I went through 42 radiation treatments And uh, because I'm, I'm going to avoid surgery at all costs. We well, have two options. You either have the prostate removed, or if it's not terribly infected, uh, you can catch it with uh, with um, a radiation. Uh, and I said, you know what, let's do radiation. 42 treatments, which sounds like a nightmare. It really wasn't. I didn't miss a day of work. Uh, I try to stay in shape. Uh, but when they, when they do radiation, they take a wider boundary line around that prostate. And that prostate happens to sit, and, and if we've got some males in the audience, this is a good educational moment, Adam, for a young guy, All like right. you, uh, for uh, your partner, Jerry, who's not with us uh, tonight. But uh, so when they take a wider range, the, the, the prostate's about the size of a walnut. And I'll make this short. When they take a wider range to make sure that if any of the cancer cells have gotten outside the prostate wall, they'll zap them. Well, here are your bowels. Here, here are your kidneys. Uh, here is your bladder surrounding the prostate. So you might get a nerve or two singed around those other vital organs. And when that happens, 
you go to the bathroom a lot sooner and a lot more than you like. Uh, so I, I drink a ton of water during a broadcast. Now I'm getting better, but uh, but I, I I don't think about it that I might have to go to the bathroom uh, sooner than I. So I'm you know every play every every stoppage of player Ed's talking on a hot day I'm I'm drinking down uh, gallons of water. All of a sudden I've got to go potty, so I sit down. I, I stand for the whole football game. I, I gotta move around, but in this case I'll sit. I'll sit on top of my bladder in the chair and wait till we get a, to a commercial break, which isn't quite long enough to run down the hall at Kinnick Stadium or anywhere else and go to the bathroom. So when I have to do it, when it's uh, almost an emergency, I tell my producer, I throw the headset off. I go, have Eddie do a scoreboard <clears throat> or have Bobby Hanson do a scoreboard. I'll be back as soon as I can. Okay. And I usually get back just as they're playing the bump music and I'm out of breath. I put my headset on. But uh, this one day, this one day, in uh, at, we were at Penn State, Podolak, who's out of his element now, and, and that's not a good thing because he's got a short fuse. <laughs> he, I, I, I open the door. I race back down the hallway, and Penn State has a rickety old press box, and the bathroom's a long ways away. I get back. I kick the door open just in time to see Podolak, uh, figuratively, not literally, hauling back. He's going to punch the producer right in the face. And his headset's kind of like this. It's kind of, he almost ran out of his headset. So what happened was our producer said, Ed, Dolph might be a little late. Here's a scoreboard update. So he's trying to read the scores and he gets to about the uh, second one and it's at halftime, but the teams are back out on the field. And as you know, Kirk Ferentz runs out on the field. Rob Brooks runs up to him and does an interview and asks him to recap that first half. Well, about the time Podolak starts to read the scores, here comes Ferentz. So the producer said, Ed, you got to stop. We got to go down. Well, Ed doesn't know that. And he's, he's got his face buried in the scores. And the producer reaches over and grabs him by the shirt and he's pointing down to the field. Well, that Ed blew up. And oh. thankfully I got in between the two of them and, Hey, welcome back. Let's go down to Rob Brooks. For, he's with Kirk Ferentz. And for the rest of the half, Nobody said a word. We just all looked out on the field. The producer uh, doesn't know how close he came to losing his life that mm-hmm. second half at Penn State. And ultimately, we, we did our mea copas and we shook hands. And, but uh, that, that's, uh, that, not to that degree, but thank goodness uh, Bobby and Eddie are used to me now running down the hallway. Uh, except Podolak had his prostate removed a few years ago wow. uh, because of cancer. And so he's got the same problem I have now. So every now and then, if you don't hear Ed for a stretch, you'll know why. So there's a little broadcast secret I'm letting out to the world, Adam. But uh, he and I are getting older, uh, but and we are getting smarter, I think. All right. Well, hey, you, you really like nailed the kid question of the day. I don't think they you left no stone unturned on that you, one. You didn't think you were going to get a medical uh, uh, a medical lesson here, did you? Uh, but hey, guys, if you're over forty. Uh, have that prostate. It's a simple, it's a simple test, simple blood test. Uh, and please get it checked out. That's really good advice. Um, one thing that we need to ask you about, and I don't know, this might be kind of hard for you. You may not have been asked this one either, but you know, you got to use your imagination here. You only get to call one of the two games. Iowa basketball makes it to the final four, their first game or Iowa football makes it to the college football playoff. You got to pick which one to be at. Which one's it going to be, Gary? Oh, my. Well, thankfully, the college football playoff championship game, I assume you're talking about, and Final Four are months apart. So yes. I, you don't have to, uh, you know, I can fantasize here a little bit. But um, so I, I, I hope to be able to do both someday. Uh, man, I, I don't know that I can uh, call that one. I mean, I, I, I played basketball. I wasn't good enough to, or tough enough to play football. Uh, I love both uh, sports uh, from a play-by-play perspective because of the different pace of play. They're equally difficult to do, uh, but with football, you got 20 seconds in between sna- or in between uh, plays to kind of recap what happened and, and set up uh, what you think is coming on third and two or second and eight. Basketball. Because uh, I've been asked this a lot, which do you, which would you rather do, football or basketball? And honestly, I'd, I, I, you know, I, I, I love them both equally. I love the fast pace of basketball because you might make three or four trips up and down the floor without a whistle. Now that 
that is uh, detrimental to Bobby Hansen because I can't get him on. I know I can get Podolak on after every play. Now it's getting harder to do in these uh, throw it all over the ball yard, uh, no huddle offenses that we see in college football on Saturday afternoon. Um, gosh, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd give you a diplomatic answer like this, uh, Adam. Football starts first in September. Okay. And uh, I've always been a believer in that you uh, you you stay with the sport you started with until the season is over. So I'd have to say it would be the championship game in football. And, and you know, years ago, we didn't have to worry about football and basketball overlapping. Yeah. I remember the day when Iowa didn't start playing basketball till mid-December. So, hey, it's not my fault that I would have to do the football championship game uh, over uh, a Final Four game. But I would, as a caveat, say that uh, I would demand that the University of Iowa have me a 40-seat uh, twin-engine Falcon jet ready to leave wherever Iowa's playing football to get me to that Final Four game uh, in time, okay? Uh, even if it was the same day. I'd petition the NCAA to move the football game to noon and leave the basketball game at uh, 9 o'clock Eastern. That way I could get to both. That's probably the greatest answer of all time. That was awesome. That <laughs> See, was great. I don't want to upset Kirk or Fran McCaffrey. For no, I, I, I totally get it, man. You're, you're a company man. You got you got to play both sides, and I totally get that. You love them both. It's I like do. choosing between one of your kids. You can't do it. And I, I, do. I, I understand that. Um, with you know, with your years of, of broadcasting and interviewing tons of, of different people, you um, every game day. Iowa fans, you, you're in their homes, you're in their car, and you get to the point over the years where you're you're like our friend, a part of the family, just somebody that you know we feel so familiar with. When we see you, we're like, hey, it's Gary, I know him. You know, you don't know all of us, but we feel like we know you so That's well. The idea, that's radio. That's what yeah. radio is all about. What is something you could tell Hawkeye fans out there about our friend Gary Dolphin, voice of the Hawkeyes, that we might not know about? I'm pigeon-toed. Pigeon-toed. All yeah, right. My feet point in. Now, they always say great basketball players are pigeon-toed. Uh, Gail Goodrich, uh, UCLA. Okay. Um, uh, I wasn't that good, but I love playing the game. Pigeon-toed. Um, let's see. What uh, What else? What else uh, can I tell you that you wouldn't know about me? Like an, like an odd food or just something you like to do in your spare time that you're like, yeah, people really probably don't know that. Well, I don't know about the oddity of it, but uh, I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, Adam, that I, I love history. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I will say this. Uh, it's not that we don't teach history and geography uh, in school, but we don't teach it either succinctly enough. Kids don't know uh, where a small town, this small town Iowa is. You need to know where you came from. Um, so I'd like to see a, a, a more of an emphasis on history, military history. You know, as, as the generations move on, uh, a lot of kids don't know about the North versus the South. They don't know about the Civil War. Uh, they don't know uh, what was the genesis of the issue, some of the issues we have today uh, in society with racism and, 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 and such. Uh, not a lot of people know that I am a, if I, if I wouldn't have been a play-by-play announcer, I'd have been a history teacher. I guess that's where I'm going with this. Okay. Uh, every year, my escape after basketball is over because, you know, from uh, August when fall camp, fall football camp starts until hopefully April Fool's Day when the Hawks make a deep run in the NCAA tournament, every weekend, all week long, we're, we're nonstop. We're, we're working and, and I'm not complaining. Don't get me wrong. It's a great job to have. But uh, as soon as spring football is over, uh, my great escape is my buddy and I have a passion for history, military history, in particular, uh, Civil War history. Okay. We, have, we have been to every major theater in, in the country where the Civil War is concerned. We've been to Gettysburg a number of times. We've been to Antietam, Shiloh in Tennessee, Vicksburg in Mississippi. Uh, we've been to every major battle theater uh, in the country, and we've learned so much about uh, how this country could easily be two countries today, the United States North and the United States South. Thankfully, it's not. Uh, so that that's something that a lot of people don't know. Uh, we'll just jump in the truck and the SUV, my buddy and I, and we'll head out for uh, two weeks. Uh, uh, and, and on the 150th anniversary of the Civil War, um, five, ten years ago, 
we we drove out to a little bighorn. I've always wanted to see where Custer's last stand was. We've been to, and then we swung down through Yellowstone. I mean, it's an incredible country that we live in with all the problems. Uh, there, uh, there's no more country with, uh, there's no country with more beauty, uh, natural parks, uh, natural terrain than the United States of America. And I'm a, a big fan of our country, obviously, but, uh, I would, we're, uh, I had a, uh, I had a trip scheduled to Normandy last year. It was a tour of uh, Paris and France. And I said, I ain't going unless you add in Normandy and D-Day, because uh, I've always wanted to get to Normandy. We were all set up. It was going to be a, 12, 13 day trip last July, then COVID hit and oh. punched me right in the face. So we hope to, we, we hope to put that trip back together might be some time, but uh, you got to know where you, where you came from. That, that, that's, uh, that's something I'm passionate about, whether it's architecture or whether it's uh, how this country was built into the, the great, uh, uh, country that it is today. I couldn't have said it better myself. You can't really say, you know where you're from, you know, know where you are if you don't know where you're from. And knowing your history and the country's history is just the most interesting, interesting stuff there there possibly is. And, you know, having a great history teacher through middle school, high school and in college is just so valuable to to be able to teach those things. Um we need to ask you before we let you go, Gary. Um, I was recently um, able to do a, I did a radio show. I was invited on air with um, Tommy Frazier, former Heisman Trophy winner yeah. um, at the University of Nebraska. Great and Great. yeah, phenomenal player. He's been really dabbling a lot in the, in the radio and they were doing um, a heroes game analysis for spring football. And so they wanted to have people from, you know, the, the Hawkeye side of things and they're having former Huskers on. And so I thought it was pretty cool. They, they invited me to come on and I'm probably the biggest Hawkeye fan in the state of Nebraska. And um, I'm one of them. There's a lot of good ones out there, but um, they seem to think that they're going to have the Hawkeyes number this year. This is going to be the year they're going to break the streak and take the Hawks down. Now, whether you like it or not, we consider you an Iowa football expert with all your years of experience and being as close to the program as you are. What do you see for the Hawkeye football program this year? And do you, what type of um, record do you feel like we're going to end up with this season? Well, back to Tommy's comment, uh, uh, you know, you know, coach Frost is, uh, I have a, the utmost, utmost respect for, for uh, Scott Frost. And, you know, at some point the Huskers are going to get a turn. And by turned, I mean, I'm not talking about national championships. I, I know Scott and, you know, I've known Eric Shenander uh, from his playing days at Iowa, the Shenander family from North Iowa, great, great people. And Eric's a heck of a defensive coordinator. And we saw flashes last year uh, with Penn, the Penn State game, most notably, where Nebraska guys are starting to figure it out, whether it's the system, whether it's getting enough good players. So uh, Husker fans just need to be patient. You know, I, I liken Scott Frost tenure to when Kirk Ferentz first started. I mean, uh, and Kirk will tell you, the, the, the Hawks were god-awful the first year or two. It wasn't that the players weren't trying. They just didn't have enough good ones. And by year three, the Hawkeyes were in a bowl game uh, in uh, in Texas at the Alamo Bowl. Bob Sanders and Nate Kading and Dallas Clark, these guys that were were not offered by many schools, uh, were turned out to be different makers. And then uh, difference makers. And then came the Robert Galleries and the Brendan Sheriffs. Uh, and, and so it starts with the offensive and defensive lines. If you control the line of scrimmage, you're going to win a lot sooner than later. But as to uh, present day, you know, the Hawks have had the Huskers number. I mean, what is it? Five straight wins, uh, six straight wins, whatever it is. I, I remember the days when uh, Nebraska had those kinds of winning streaks against Iowa. Now, I hope the worm doesn't turn. Uh, and and uh, Iowa is going to be good again this year. And here's why. Spencer Petrus now has a year under his belt. Uh, he's now had his first spring uh, training session, which ends uh, uh, later this week, uh, as, start, as a starting quarterback. And uh, he has looked really good. Uh, with Iowa, it, it always starts with the offensive line and the defensive front, in particular the offensive line, because as you know over the years, uh, the Hawks are known for all of the great O-linemen that ultimately move on to the National Football League. And so we got some holes. There's some vacancies there now. Alaric Jackson, the left tackle, left uh, left a year early. Actually could have come back. He was a senior. Cole Banwert, a longtime starting guard, is gone. Mark Kallenberger, who they were 
uh, nominating uh, who, who they were anointing as the heir apparent at either tackle or guard, uh, decided football wasn't fun anymore. And uh, the great All-Stater from Bentendorf decided to, to quit football. So we, w- we wish Mark all the best. But they do have Tyler Lindebaum back, and he's one of the top two or three centers in college football. Uh, they've got uh, uh, two kids, uh, Jack Plum and Cody Ince, who are the heir apparents at tackle. Now, Ince had some corrective surgery done. He's not practicing this spring. Uh, that will set him back, but he's talented enough to get there. You start with your tackles, and then you move inside uh, to your guards, and I think the Hawks will be solid there. Kyler Schott, who started off and on last year, is back at one guard. Justin Britt, a kid who can play center as well, kid out of Ohio, uh, immense talent. Reminds me a lot of James Daniels. He's mm-hmm. long, long arms, lanky kid. Uh, as soon as uh, the Hawks offered him two, three years ago, uh, the Buckeyes threw an offer on the table and uh, for uh, the Ohio native, and he said, nope, I'm going to keep my commitment to Kirk Ferentz. Always love to hear that. Yeah. Especially where Ohio State or Michigan are involved. Uh, and so they've got solid, capable backups, but they're all freshmen and redshirt freshmen. Uh, but, but they were widely heralded coming out of high school. Kids that Nebraska offered uh, from Iowa, but the kids that uh, decided to stay home at Iowa. So I think that offensive line, uh, the, the issue we have, Adam, is they open up with Indiana at Kinnick Stadium, and then go to Iowa State. So those first two weeks, there's going to be some potholes. But if the offensive line can get better and survive the first two weeks without injury, I I think the season is going to be really good uh, because uh, we've got the quarterback. Yes, they lost Amir Smith and Brandon Smith at the wideouts, but the Hawkeyes uh, have uh, will fill in with two immensely talented freshmen, uh, Bruce uh, uh, Arlen Bruce the fourth, and Keegan Johnson from uh, Bellevue, Nebraska. They have looked spectacular in spring drills. Now, I know it's April, uh, but uh, beyond that, they've got two outstanding returnees in Tyrone Tracy and Nico Regani. Tight end Sam Laporta, all Big Ten, he's back. And a kid by the name of Luke Lachey, keep that name in mind. He's the son of one of the Hogs, Jim Lachey, who was a great offensive tackle for the Redskins for years. He's got, I think, three Super Bowls on his hand, uh, Super Bowl rings. Uh, All-American at Ohio State. Jim's son, Luke, has really elevated his play. They've got other tight ends, uh, but but Lachey and Laporta will be the two statues you see at each end of the line of scrimmage. And you flip it over to the defensive side, uh, the secondary returns intact, along with a, a great player, All-Missouri Valley Conference, Xavier Williams, who's a grad transfer from Northern Iowa. And the last time I checked, they played pretty good football up uh, uh, under the walk-on from walk-on. Uh, Mark oh, yeah. uh, so Xavier out of Burlington, kid out of Burlington comes in and compliments Matt Hankins and Jack Kerner and uh, Riley Moss and Kayvon Merriweather. That secondary is going to be nasty. They are really going to be nasty. And as you know, the Hawkeyes have either led the nation or been top three in interceptions the last three, four, five years. Uh, up front, no more Davion Nixon, no more uh, Chauncey Golston. They're gone, but uh, they've got some... <laughs> They got some great candidates uh, coming in that I think Hawk fans will be uh, very impressed with. Noah Shannon has really flashed. He's been around a couple of years. Uh, there's a kid out of Marshall, Minnesota, uh, named Y.A. Black. Keep that name uh, in mind. Okay. Uh, another kid, Logan Lee, a kid out of uh, Illinois, and Logan Jones from Council Bluffs, Lewis Central. Logan Jones has flashed. Now, they're all young. They're all brand new in terms of snaps, but they're gifted. Uh, and, and then here's my X factor, those linebackers, even though there's no Neemans patrolling back in there anymore, uh, those linebackers, Jack Campbell, once he got healthy last year, uh, overcoming, uh, can't remember if he had COVID or mono, uh, neither one, either one is no good, but Campbell, he'll team up with Seth Benson. They both played a lot last year. They're spectacular tackles, big and physical. And then the, the kid that I think might be the newcomer of the year in that defense, a kid by the name of Justin Jacobs, another kid out of the Buckeye State, out of Ohio. Think about that. He's six foot four, 235 pounds. He's a sophomore. And he's got as good a closing speed as I've seen in a long time at Iowa. He, he's that next great linebacker at Iowa, like a Chad Greenway. I'm not saying he's Chad Greenway. I'm not saying he's Nick Nick or Ben Neiman, but he can walk out and cover that tight end and run with him in open space. So you've got three linebackers that are 250 pounds, 245 pounds, and 237 pounds, and they can all run. 
So the, I think the defense will be fine. And, and, and in the end, uh, Adam, I will remind Hawk fans, when you got the best punter in the Big Ten, maybe oh, yeah. in Torrey Taylor, and you've got Caleb Shudek back to kick 50-yard field goals, field position ain't going to be a problem for the Hawkeyes. So even if they stumble or have to punt the ball away, uh, I mean, Taylor was the find of the year, in my view, uh, on the Iowa football team. Uh, and the Aussie has uh, three years left. So I'm looking forward to the season. I'm always eternally optimistic. Kirk Ferentz is always wringing his hands. Uh, but we, we balance each other out. So we'll, we'll see. you got to stay healthy, though. At Iowa, uh, they just don't have the depth that these blue blood programs have. Yeah. So i uh, got to stay healthy. That's not easy to do, but I'll take my chances. Gary, you got me excited for football right now. I'm fired up. That, that's exciting stuff. How much how much longer is Kurt going to be at the helm? Because he just keeps getting better with age. Like it's, he does. I mean, he's been he's, – I mean, he's a Hall of Fame coach. He'll be a first ballot Hall of Fame coach. You know, you look at that Hayden Fry staff that he brought in originally. Yeah. You've got Hayden, uh, now Bobby Stoops, uh, Barry Alvarez, Bill Snyder, and Kirk Ferentz will be the next Hall of That's five guys, five assistant coaches. Yeah. Uh, well, counting Hayden Fry, excuse me, that will be in the Hall of Fame. I don't know that that's ever been done. Maybe it has. And that's leaving out uh, Dan McCarney, um, uh, Brett Bielema, uh, Carl Jackson, Bill, Bill Brazier. Uh, might be one of the all-time great defensive coordinators in the history of college football. He never wanted to be a head coach because he was so loyal to Hayden. You think mm-hmm. of all the great coaches. Uh, so Kirk Ferentz is the next in line. And uh, I, I, do, I think his contract expires in 2025. Uh, he's, he, he just turned 65. I think he'll finish that contract. As long as his health uh, remains good, I think he'll get to 2025. And then uh, he's got nine, ten grandkids. Yeah, he can, he can re- sit and relax and let somebody else coach the Iowa Hawkeyes because it'll be a hot property job. Let me tell you. Yeah. And you know how all college football fans like to speculate and just, you know, talk, Oh, I wonder, wonder what'll be who our next coach will be. Obviously this isn't, we won't say this is insider information. We're not going to carve this in stone, no. but if you just had to guess, are they going to go outside of the program to bring in our next head coach? Or do you feel like they're going to promote from within? Well, given that's four years away minimum, uh, it's hard to say. Uh, I can tell you this: uh, when Kirk does decide to call it quits, um, and I know I know where you're going with this, Brian Ferentz. Uh, we've got a lot of capable uh, coaches on the staff uh, that uh, I think would be great head coaches, uh, really good head coaches, or will be somewhere if it isn't at Iowa. But there are so many Iowa alums coaching elsewhere. There, there will not be a shortage of, uh, of former Hawkeyes, uh, great players and coaches who will want that job. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I don't want to speculate, uh, honestly. Uh, let's get to 2025 and see where Kirk is, and we'll go from there. And that's a tough one to answer. So I, we appreciate you answering it just at all. So Gary, I know you got a lot going on and you're super busy running the, the awesome iron bar. I can't wait to go over and check it out and see it. It sounds fantastic. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us. And, and thank you for all the amazing memories you've created for Hawkeye football and basketball fans over the years. It was an absolute honor to be able to sit down and talk with you today. Well, it's uh, for a kid who grew up in Iowa, uh, 60 miles from Iowa City, it, uh, it's a dream come true that I'm sitting in that chair. We'll do it a couple, few more years. And then uh, that next uh, great upcoming play-by-play announcer will be ready to occupy that spot. And thanks for having me on, uh, Adam, anytime. And uh, the first one at the Iron Bar is on me. So just let me know when you're coming, okay? All right, get that double Tito's ready. Eddie will be proud of you. All right. Maybe All I'll right. get Eddie there to come that night when you're having your well, that would be Iron Bar, right? That would be fantastic. I couldn't ask for more. All, All right, right, Gary, have Take a great care. night. And it was it was great talking to you. You too. Take care. Thanks for All having right. me. All okay. right. Go, go Hawks. Go Hawks. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Come one, shop all at the JCPenney Friends and Family Sale. Through Wednesday, use your 30% off coupon inside the JCP app and shine on with up to 60% off diamond solitaires and studs. Plus, get carried away with up to 70% off luggage from Samsonite, American Tourister, Skyway, and more. Anyone shops, everyone saves. We got your holiday. JCPenney. Offers valid on select items through 12-7. Offers reflect after coupon savings. Exclusions apply. See store or jcp.com for details.